Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 47 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, the dust from the trade deadline has settled. The new-look Toronto Blue Jays are back to playing baseball games. We just finished a four-game series against the Minnesota Twins. Now, the Jays won game one. We lost game two and game three. And currently, game four is being played. The Jays are winning two to one. There's two men on in the bottom of the fifth. Kevin Gosman's going to work here and to try to get out of that jam. So, Riley, what are your first thoughts about the series against the Twins and the new-look Toronto Blue Jays? Well, first of all, man, got to hand it to Kevin Gosman. He's got an ERA now officially under three. You got to love that. He's sitting at 295. I like this new Jays team look. I was a little skeptical on guys like Whit Merrifield and the guys we had in the bullpen. Hey, mm-hmm. if our starters if our starters can go and they can pitch, man, I mean, credit to them, man. It's, a, it's been a tough series on us. I mean, we'll get more into the episode. We've had a couple injuries that might hinder us this year mm-hmm. for the rest of the season and hopefully for not for too long. But I'm feeling good about it. You know what? It's it's I, I know that as we sit right now, we're currently winning game four of the four games set and we've lost two um, and only and only took the first game. But hey, you know what, Jesse, I'm still liking what I'm seeing out of the Blue Jays right now uh, up to this up to this point. Yeah, today on the show, we've got a lot to get through. We're going to talk about those new guys, the new players that uh, the Blue Jays traded for. We've got our game recaps. We've got our thumbs up, thumbs down. We've got some news and notes, as mentioned. We've got some prospect information that is going to be fun that you're going to want to stick around to to listen to that. But let's get into the game recaps here first. We'll do this hammer through this quickly. Game one, Jays won this game 93 against Minnesota. Jays had one hit through the first five innings, then scored three in the sixth, and then six in the eighth. Home runs from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez. Alec Manoa took another comebacker off the arm. This was his second straight start. This has happened, but he was again solid and seems like he's going to be good to start his next start. Game two, the Jays lost this one six to five in 10 innings. Jose Barrios gave up five runs, didn't make it into the fourth inning. The bullpen was dynamite behind him, though. Home runs for Santiago Espinal, Vlad Jr. again, and Matt Chapman. Tapia hit the game-tying single with two strikes and two outs in the ninth, but the Jays' defense let them down, particularly in the ninth and 10th inning, and uh, cost them the game there. Game three was Mitch White's debut as a Toronto Blue Jay. He gave up two runs in the third. Bo answered with a two run home run of his own after the twins scored three runs off our bullpen and the blue jays bats couldn't come back and game four which is taking place right now like i said they just finished the fifth so they're going to the top of the six jays got an rbi single from lourdes Gurry l jr and uh, they got a run in the first there as well so riley before we get into our thumbs up and thumbs down let's talk about the new guys here that the blue jays have acquired and we can go you take one i take one or we can go back and forth i don't know but let's start with whit merrifield we're now four games into his uh, blue jays tenure and what are your initial thoughts well, first of all, when I was very skeptical of this guy, like I was a big on like, hey, if we got him in 2018 or 2019, I mean, Whit Merrifield might have been the best best thing to happen to this ball club. But we're getting him in 2022. And um, you know what? First two at batch, I watch him uh, take a strike three and then swing at a strike three. And mm-hmm. I wasn't too happy. And but you know what? He finished finished the game up with a couple of hits. I mean, I think you had it that he had a, a base hit and a stolen base in his first appearance. He finished his first appearance with us with two base hits. I don't hate that for Whit Merrifield. This is a guy whose value has clearly diminished over the years. Yeah. And if we can milk some baseball out of this guy, then he's going to be an absolute great piece for this team. I mean, clearly, and we'll talk more about it. But injuries might be 
the problem with this team right now, and if Whitmer Ifield can play above average center field for us, not even defensively, but offensively too, where, you know, in this game, you know, center field might be one of your weaker defense or offensive positions. I think we're doing okay. If we get two hits a game from Whit Merrifield, hell, we'd be doing, we'd be doing great as far as that goes. We're having him. It seems that he's going to be a bottom of the lineup for us, which is, which is good. We have kind of our mixed in. I like how uh, uh, Schneider's been working and Kirk in the three spot and Vlad in the two spot. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, Merrifield easily kind of falls in an eight, nine hitter for us. Um, I, uh, honestly, right now, first two at bats, I absolutely hated getting Whit Merrifield. <laughs> After that, I thought, I thought, I thought, God, maybe we know what we're doing. Kind of, I mean, it's a veteran presence, and um, we're gonna we're gonna need him down the stretch, man. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, you don't want to take too much out of his first few games as a Blue Jay, but it's worth note he hit eighth in the first game here, and then he led off in game two. He hit seventh last night, and he's not in the lineup now. He'll probably get in a bat at some point in this game here. Uh, but like you said, he had two hits in each of those first two games. And yeah, the strikeouts were high. Whit Merrifield has even said himself he doesn't like that he's striking out that much. He kind of prides himself in being a bat-to-ball contact type guy. And he did get his first stolen base as a Blue Jay in game three of these series. So I think kind of what we needed. He, if Even if he's just a league average hitter, that's, that's good. That's kind of what we want for this team. And yeah, a minute thumbs up to you, Whit Merrifield. We're happy with uh, your first appearance here. But Riley, Mitch White. He was the starting pitcher we got um, from the Dodgers there. He made his first start for the Blue Jays on Saturday. He went four and two-thirds, six hits, three earned runs, one walk, two strikeouts. His fastball sat consistently at 94 and 95. He threw mostly the fastball curveball slider, but did mix up the change and sinker. And yeah, what's your thoughts on uh, Mitch White and what the Jays got from him in his first start as a Blue Jay? Again, it wasn't a trade that I thought was going to be really good for us. I didn't know where he'd fall into our rotation, but I feel like, um, I feel like white is a guy who's definitely going to be a four or five spot guy for us down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's younger than guys like stripling. Um, he's younger than guys like Kikuchi. I feel like he's going to outlast Kikuchi as far as his tender in Toronto. I'd like to keep this guy. I want to see what this guy can do for us. I, I think that he's going to be a good piece for us now. And I think he's going to be a good piece for us down the road. He's not going to be a guy who costs us a ton of money, but I feel like he's going to, perform like above average pitching even if his era sits between 380 and 420 i would still be very okay with that i feel like mitch white is kind of your quintessential four or five pitchers in the lineup which if you can get a hold of that and know what you're going to get i mean that's perfect and i would love to see him that if he's something more then holy cow man we struck gold but if not if he's a four or five guy which i'm sure he's going to be then we got we got exactly what we uh paid for yeah, nothing on the StatCast page or the Baseball Savants page screams exciting from Mitchell White. It just seems like he's he's not great at anything, but he's pretty good at almost everything he does. And he's under team control till 2027. So the Jays value that. There is value in having a pitcher who can at least pitch you league average innings under control for a long time. Now, in his first start, I dug into a little bit. His velocity was down from his time with the Dodgers, albeit slightly. It wasn't a ton. And his spin rates, particularly on his curveball, have diminished quite a bit in his first start with the Blue Jays compared to his time with the Dodgers. Now, this very well, could just be, hey, you're meeting a new team. You have to go from L.A. to Minnesota to pitch there. You know, you want to make a good impression. Maybe it's just nerves. I don't know. So you don't want to take too much about it. it was very first start from Mitch White. But I agree with you. League average innings, a good guy, a guy who can give him depth. And sometimes that's just what this Blue Jays team needs. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't predict the superstar, Jesse. All I'm all I'm all I'm guessing on this guy is that he's gonna be a very league average pitcher. And you know what? As long as he's not let's talk talk about Barrios right now is below the league average of pitching. If Mitch White can be something that can fill in our rotation and give us league average, I'm so okay with that at this point. I don't know if that's me sounding desperate or anything, <laughs> but hell man, I would take a below four earned run average under over everything right now. Just g- give me a Mitch White if he's going to give me seven innings of three-run baseball. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about him more as the season goes on. Riley, how about the two relievers that we've got? Anthony Bass and Zach Pop have now pitched uh, at least two innings plus. Anthony Bass did give up a home run to the first batter he faced, and only his third home run he's given up all year. But he did do a job in getting a strikeout, and uh, his slider looked damn good in this one. Zach Pop pitched one inning, gave up two hits, but also induced a double play, which is kind of what you're going to get from the big sinker, sinker slider guy. And then in game three yesterday, he worked a clean one, two, three inning. Fastball looked pretty good. He threw his slider more than he has in the past. Velocity looks good. Any takeaways from the two new relievers? Anything that's impressed you so far? Oh, I mean, yeah. So Bass, I think we're getting a different pitcher, right? Like you said, the movement on his uh, on his um, on his slider. I mean, that's uh, that's something to be looked at. I mean, I think we're getting, you know, I won't. I'm not going to say a revamped, a, a rejuvenated Anthony Bass. You know, ages with this guy right now. He's a relief pitcher. He's a veteran dude. Um, I don't know how many years we're going to get out of him, or if this is kind of a rental deal. I, I think it's I think it's fine what we're getting if we can get you know good scoreless outings out of Anthony Bass. That's great. I mean, yeah, his third home run given up. I mean, he's not giving up base runners. It's kind of more or less. Yeah. He gave up his third home run of the year. That's kind of okay. Now, Zach pop. Now, Zach pop, on the other hand, is a younger guy who is a sinker baller, which I think is, is very good with, um, with this team blend. Yes, we're not an over, you know, overpowering team with our velocity, but we also don't have too many drop hard sinker ballers. And I love that coming out of the bullpen, man. Um, and I think that's important too. Is he going to be a guy that pitches the eighth inning? I don't think so, but he is certainly a guy who can run with a good situation. If the game is, is, is tied, you know, in the sixth, seventh, I would feel comfortable with a guy like Zach pop on the mound for sure. I mean, I haven't seen much of this guy, but I do like his stuff. I like him a little bit more than bass. Sadly, because bass bass's first tender with the team wasn't as good. I like pop because of his, his, um, his age. I like the fact that he's a sinker baller. I mean, all that stuff's important, man. I mean, we're looking at this year right now, but I still think that these guys, if Anthony bass still pitches the way, he has been or what it looks like because hell like i said if this was three years ago i wouldn't want him anywhere near that pitcher's mound but um he seems to be doing all right same with pop you know i gave this i gave this grade you know a c area last time i was talking about it but i really don't hate it i don't think it's a b but if we're gonna give it a percentile like in a college pass you know i'll give give it a 70 i'll give it the gifty pass man it's it hasn't been that bad it's not as bad as what i thought it was or other jays fans was and you know what i was harping on the guys i think wet merrifield's gonna do just fine i think bass you know he's not gonna give up the solo shots i think he's gonna limit base runners good and i think zach pop is gonna surprise a lot of us man yeah i think they're gonna be just fine anthony bass is having the best year of his career he's been better than he's been in the past zach pop you know what you want out of a reliever is you want strikeouts and ground balls to get double plays especially with this good infield defense zach pop can do that and I think it's just the more of these guys that get in here means the less innings that Anthony Band is pitching, that Trent Thornton is pitching, and that Trevor Richards has to pitch. So that's a plus from me. Riley, now let's get into the meat of the episode. Let's talk about the guys that were already on the team, and we're going to do our normal thumbs up, thumbs down here. And uh, I think 
Do you want to take it away with the first one here? Or give it a thumbs up, or should I go first? I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the first one, man. Okay. Um, and um, it's going back on something you said that always, Jesse, always, always, always. I learn something new every day, and usually <laughs> it comes on the Buds and Blue Jays. And this is pre-game. Like you folks who watch these episodes must love listening to Mister Jesse. <laughs> He is the, such some of the most intellectual baseball facts ever. So last week, Jesse said that Bo Bichette has only turned on three fastballs for extra base hits. To the pull side. Extra, yeah. To the yeah. pull side. So obviously, I want to just start off thumbs up for Bo for pulling a home run to the left mm-hmm, center field mm-hmm. side. Like, because at this point, it didn't seem possible, man. Like, what was he sitting on all these times, man? It's like he's hearing us out there. And you know what? This is statistically, I, I'm going to say it right now, Jesse, and I hate to say it. I think statistically, it's going to be one of Boba worst career years this year. I really believe that because I don't think I, I don't think this is him. I don't think this is him. I think he's going through a little bit of growing pains right now. But this is a plus thing to see is is hitting home run balls. Uh, you know, that are fastballs inside and pulling them. It, he can't just sit on off-speed pitches. I mean, let, let, let's let be real. We, lo- we love Bo Bichette hitting a changeup for a single the other way, but we also, uh, you know, see this guy hitting 25, you know, home runs, maybe 30 home runs. And, you know, to turn on a fastball, finally, it's, it's relieving. So we're going to give a, whoo, you did it, Bo. Kind of thumbs up. I like it for that reason, but... um it's 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 just good to see, man. It's good to see him because you know what? He's got to be at the top of our order. Yeah, it, we know the talent that Bo Bichette has, right? We know it's in there. We've seen it still that he can do this. It seems like what happened was early in the year, a lot of pitchers were throwing those curveballs. They were doing the get me over strike one, or they were throwing it out of the out of the box, and Bo Bichette was swinging at it. So he made an adjustment. Then, well, if they're going to throw me more curveballs. I'm going to swing at him. Now pitchers have made the adjustment and were like, well, both sitting curveballs, we're going to throw him fastballs. And he was getting beat by all these fastballs. Now in this series, it looks like Bo Bichette is actually making a drastic change. In game one against Minnesota here, he got 11 fastballs. Bo Bichette swung at nine of them, which means he's looking for the fastball. He's recognizing the fastball and he's swinging on it. And it all came through fruition here in game three when he took a Dylan Bundy fastball. Now, fastball it was 89 miles per hour but you know still <laughs> hey it's technically a fastball and Boba yeah. did hit it it was an inside pitch he hit it to the pole side for a home run and that's exactly what we wanted to see from Boba Shett and I don't I don't want to say like it's working or anything but he has seven hits in this series so far for Boba Shett and I'm really starting to think if this is an adjustment that he has made and he can stick with it we could have a better Boba Shett here in the last two months than we had in the first uh, half or so plus of this season Oh, hell, dude. We'll absolutely need it. And I'm going to kind of segue in this. I know we've been talking about Bo offensively, man, has looked great. And I'm still kind of going to harp on Bo defensively because I'm going to work into our next thumbs up. Bo would be probably ranked way lower as far as, you know, defensive runs saved in airs if it weren't for our next thumbs up, dude. You talk about a guy, our team, I know he's there behind you watching, but holy cow, this guy, I mean, I love Bobachet. He's done good defensively, but he's been saved a lot by this guy. And we want to talk about his hitting, but I do want to mention his defense, and that is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Has bailed, yeah. has bailed Bo out more times than you guys think. If you guys, you don't see it on the normal highlights, but if you watch in-game, you get those little crazy 
on hoppers. And Vladdy is way more athletic than you think. Jesse, take it away. Number 27 for our Toronto Blue Jays. Man, yeah, if you want to start with his defense, like, remember when he was a third baseman, right? And he was terrible as a third baseman. And he moved over to first base. And one of the things I think he told Charlie Montoyo at the time is like, you can put me at first base, but I'm going to be the best damn defensive first baseman you have ever seen. And (laughs) it maybe took him two years. But he's there, right? Like, if you look at a lot of the defensive metrics for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he is up there. I, I don't have the exact number, but I think he's top three in defensive runs saved, or maybe it's outs above average. It's one of the two. He's top three in baseball at as a first baseman, which is absolutely amazing because his best defensive tool has always been his arm, but now it's his glove. And, you know, he's even got good range, too. So, not only that, Riley, the defense has been amazing, but let's talk about the bat from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And it's starting to look like he is coming back now, man. He, um, he's starting to look more like the guy he was last year, the guy who could go out and single-handedly carry this team on his back, which he did for stretches in the 2021 season. He's on a 17-game hit streak right now, which is a new career high. And over that span, he has a 229 WRC+, plus, which is third best in all of baseball, behind only Aaron Judge and uh, Matt Chapman is number two during that time. He's got a 422 average, an OPS over 1,100. Even though this is quote-unquote Vladdy's down year, it's still so good to see that he can carry this on his back too. So not only does he got the great defense, his bat is starting to turn around a lot better now. He's hitting for more power. And he's a league average base runner too. If this is a down year from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., sign me up, man. Oh, dude, it's <laughs> well, a down year from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will look something like this, and he will have these kind of moments in his career throughout. I think that honestly, Jesse, I'm gonna hot take this. If we go out and have five years on this channel, I want to just say that this will be L- Vlad's lowest home run season over the next six years. I want to make that, that fair. I, I, I like it's it's true, like. <laughs> Because, and you saw the home run, Jesse, he hit a target. I know you and I saw it. You know, it gets out in milliseconds, it seems. He hits balls, so he's such a good line drive hitter that it almost doesn't get out. But this one got out, and it got out in a damn hurry. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just hits balls hard, barrels up balls, Mm -hmm. and crushes the man. And it, it really doesn't matter who he's facing. Like it, it, like poor pitching, good pitching. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just hits the ball hard. And when he hits the ball out, it's great because, I mean, in my opinion, one day he's going to lead the American League, if not the MLB in home runs. And he should. And at one point or another, he will. I'm very sure of that. Um, it, it, it's going to happen. And yeah, first of all, the WRC plus, uh, I mean, shout out to my boy, Matt Chapman, but the fact that he's third on that list, Absolutely love it, dude. Absolutely love it. I mean, he's earned it. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't want to say anything about uh, hit streaks because I'm a big superstitious guy about baseball, but it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, we know what he is capable of. As Jays fans, we know what this guy is. I could say hit streak. I'm not going to say what number I think it's going to land at, but he's doing just fine and he's going to keep this up, dude. Riley, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. led baseball in home runs just last year, tied with Salvador Perez with 48 bombs. And uh, you talked about hitting it hard. His home run left the bat at 114, 115.4 miles per hour, his fourth hardest home run he's ever hit of his career. Now, let's get into some of the downsides, though, because it isn't all uh, peaches and cream here for the Toronto Blue Jays. They did have some rough starts, including one from Mr. Jose Barrios. And man, Riley, what a roller coaster this Jose Barrios season has been. After the dreadful start he had, including from his opening day start to around those two months where Jose Barrios looked miserable, 
He was going back to face his old team, the Minnesota Twins, where he's pitched there before. And last time he faced the Twins, he struck out 13 over seven innings. And he's been on a good roll lately here. He's been quality starts strung together. So all things were pointing for a really good Jose Burrio start. And it just didn't happen. Three and two thirds <laughs> innings pitch, five earned runs, including two home runs, six hits, two walks, and only one strikeout. And again, the main problem for Barrios in the start is that he could not locate that curveball. He was leaving it over the middle of the plate, and when it wasn't a strike, it was very easy to take. So teams were just able to sit and crush on his fastball, and that's exactly what happened here today. Now, Riley, he does have extreme uh, home and road splits too, and I have no idea what to take away from that. But if Jose Barrios had to start a playoff game for this team today, how much confidence do you have that you think he'd be able to get the job done? Well, first of all, let's talk. I want to just say if we're playing a a, a three game series right now, I want to tell you something, Jesse. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? As of right now, my three game series starters does not include Jose Barrios. Who would they be? Manoa Gosman it, Stripling? Oh, yeah. In, right that, in, in that order. In that order. You mm-hmm. got it. You know me. You know me. Um, <laughs> Yeah. He wouldn't even be in there, man. And that's sad to say because. I was so high on this guy to start the year. I thought, God damn, he's going to do so well for us. Like, you know, he's in a harder division. That's fine. But he's not even pitching in a harder division right now. He got lit up by his former club, which you could say, oh, well, they know him. Well, it's like, no, because baseball, people move a lot, a lot more than you would think. Mm -hmm. You, You know, scouts, coaches, everything like that. There is not really an excuse. And as far as the home and Rome uh, road splits go, I think that's purely coincidental. Um, Jose Barrios has just not pitched well this year. Like I said about that, Vlad is going to have his lowest home run season. Bo might have his lowest, you know, hits in a year, things like that. I think this is just plain old Jose Barrios is just going to have the worst season of his career. So are you confident right now then that like, he can turn this around and he can be the guy that he's been in years past? Or do you think like this is the start of the demise and we're just settled in for seven more years of this guy? No, I, I'm not going to say it's the demise. I think that this is a bad year and I think he's going to tool himself better. I don't think we're going to see a three, four, three, five ERA guy, which is his, his average, you know, which we saw with a two twenty two. I think what we're going to see Jesse is a, is a one, two, nine whip and a three, nine ERA. I think that he's going to inflate from here, which is going to suck. But that being said, if he is here for that tenor, that our offense is going to create wins for him. But I do think that he has go- he is going to take a slide, man. I'm sure of it, man. If you're going to look at his career earned run average as a Blue Jay, by the time things are said and done, I bet you it sits somewhere between, you know, it sits between four, a f- solid four and a three nine. And a whip around 1.3. I don't think it's going to get a lot better, sadly. It's not the demise of him, but he's certainly leveling out. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, he just got paid last year. You've seen this. The first year after guys get their money it tends to be a little bit more of a down year. So let's uh, let's see how he performs next season. He'll be one of the interesting storylines to watch going forward here. Another guy, Riley, I don't want to spend too much time on this who's been disappointing lately, um, is Alejandro Kirk. And man, this one sucks because Kirk was so yeah. awesome when he was hot and he was going on fire. <laughs> but now he only has three hits. And what I want to say is his last 37 plate appearances, he's 0 for his last 21. His average is now dipped below 300, which is uh, it's the first time since I want to say the start of June he had a batting average under 300. Now, Kirk went through a similar slump in April early in this year, too, where he wasn't doing much. His few hits he did have were like soft ones opposite field. And then he turned it on. And now it looks like he's going through another cold funk again. So Kirk just might be... One of these players that just gets streaky. When he's hot, he can put the team on his shoulders and he can carry it. And when he's not, not so much. So just really quick, any major takeaways on Kirk here? 
You know what? I, an honorary uh, thumbs up just kind of on Lourdes right now, how well he's hit up to this point. Um, he's kind of he's a little hot. Kirk's a little cold. I don't want to bash Kirk too much because you know what? He plays the hardest position in baseball for me. And um, you know what? Kirk's been just fine. Not only is he an all-star, he is probably going to be a silver slugger at the position of catcher this year for the Toronto Blue Jays. So you know what? Give him a thumbs down this week. Watch us. <laughs> next series, Jesse and I, You well, either this series or next series, we're going to be giving him a thumbs up. There's no doubt about it. We talk about him, it seems, every week, dude. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, we got to be hard on him finally. Yeah, you know, three for 27 sucks or whatever the average was. I, I, I mean, you know what? He's going to do just fine. He is, he's been far above expectation for me, man. Sucks giving us uh, the thumbs down. I agree with you though, Jesse, but he's going to pick it up. You know, if anyone's going to pick it up, dude, it's going to be Alejandro Kirk. Yeah. I, I put my eggs in that basket too, that it's going to work out and he's going to go on another tear here. Um, I don't want to get into these guys too much, Riley, but I just want to make the point. Danny Jansen's been struggling a bit too. Coming into Saturday's game, he was just three for his last 29. And we've kind of seen the power binge that he went on earlier this year kind of dry up. And Matt Chapman went from being one of the best players in baseball for that three week span. So he's also just one for his last 19. So that's been a little bit of a struggle. And uh, like you mentioned, Lourdes Gurriel being hot, he might actually win a batting title this year, which is kind of crazy seeing Lourdes Gurriel, how he started the year and whatnot, and all the hits he's gone through uh, lately there. Any quick thoughts before we move on to our news and notes here? Um, if Lourdes Gurriel Jr. wins a batting title, I will let you shoot me uh, <laughs> with, a pay with a paintball gun in the chest. Um, <laughs> I don't think he will win it, but certainly, dude, this is one of the best things. And I think this is a famous Jesse Burrow quote is when the weather heats up, so does Lourdes. And mm -hmm. damn, man, I'm outside on this beautiful day. I'm in the shade, thank goodness. And it feels like 30 in the shade because, you know, in that sun, it feels like 40 degrees here in southern Ontario. But holy cow. Yeah. If Lourdes wins a batting title, man, I don't. I'll eat my hat, man. Like that, <laughs> and you know what? I'm rooting for it too. Whatever, that's great. He's been putting it on, man. I mean, whatever's take, whatever taken away. If 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 Kirk's cold and Lourdes goes hot, that's fine. You know what? Like I said at the start of the episode, we've lost two out of three up to this point. It's still not a bad. It doesn't feel like a bad series, dude. It it really doesn't. Mm -hmm. How we how we performed in this four games and they aren't important four games, but if we take the split today, which I know we will knock on wood. Oh, oh I can't believe you just said that. Oh man. Oh, don't. It's going to say we're up to nothing. We're going to the bottom of the seventh right now. So there's still a, still a good chance, but we're, we're, we're going to do just fine, Jesse. And if not, I will, I don't know what I'll do for the next episode because that will be all my fault, but You're we're right. going to do just fine. We're going to take the split. We're going to take the split here, man. Relax. We're going to take right. the split. Good stuff. Moving on to some injury news and notes here now. Uh, George Springer was officially paced on the 10-day IL. Now the Jays should have done this weeks ago, but they finally did it. Um, he will receive an anti-inflammatory shot into that elbow, which hopes will relieve the swelling and whatnot, and he will be pain-free. Seems very optimistic as soon as his 10 days are up. The uh, George Springer will be back with this team. So that's good. We need him healthy from playoff time. And this one that might be more important to the team is that Tim Mesa left Saturday's game with an injury. He tried to tag, I think it was Nick Gordon at the plate and he just, there was contact yeah. and he dislocated his non-throwing shoulder. He was in immense pain on his shoulder. 
It sounds like he's going to be out, quote, a long time, if not the rest of the season. Trent Thornton was called up in his place, and Matt Gage was put on the taxi squad. So right now, Riley, this Blue Jays team doesn't have a single lefty in the pen. We're going with eight relievers until Matt Gage can get on this team here. And I was literally just going to make the comment about with the new additions of the bullpen, Tim Meza can be your first man out of the bullpen, and that's going to be great. And he literally hurt his shoulder on the next batter. So this is going to suck. The Jays are going to need a good left-handed reliever here. And without Tim Meza, this could put the team behind a little bit. Yeah, I'm a Mesa guy. I do like my lefties. I like my lefty specialists. And that was kind of what Mesa is. He's a hard thrower guy, good slider piece. It sucks to lose a guy like that, man. I mean, we we got two in the form of pop and bass, which is great, but I like the different handers. We can't just roll with right-handed pitching all the time. Lefties are very important. I still agree to the matchup of baseball, which is your lefty and righty matchups. So you know what? We kind of have to, you know, suck up the injury for now. Wait till Gage gets up with us. Then kind of take it from there, dude. Yeah, I'd expect that the Blue Jays might be... Sorry, and our offense takes up enough. Mm-hmm. And we should be just fine, though, honestly. I think uh, we got good weapons in this bullpen to make it work. Riley, I just want to get through the rest of this stuff really quick, including a prospect notes. Um, Eric Pardino made his first start back in the organization. He was good. Gabriel Martinez was just promoted to Vancouver. Um, but the most exciting one that ha- has happened in baseball, Riley, is that uh, Ricky Tiedemann made his debut for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. He went five innings pitch, one hit, no earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Riley, he's still just 19 years old. He's a full two years younger than anybody else in double A right now. And one baseball writer said this about Ricky Tiedemann. But Tiedemann is probably the best arm I've seen in the last year or two outside of Grayson Rodriguez, who is an Orioles prospect who is known as the best pitcher prospect in all of baseball quote the sky is the limit for this kid so riley i know the odds are still low but the buzz is booming about ricky tiedemann he's easily our best pitching prospect we have in the whole system and i'm wondering with tim Mesa now out for a long term and the blue jays making a really strong playoff push here is there a chance we see tiedemann especially coming from the left side pitching his bullpen for the blue jays going into the playoffs this year man i don't like to ruin my young arms oh my god jesse you can't put me on the spot like that brother (laughs) I mean, what an appearance. First of all, Ricky Tiedemann, I mean, a teenager and going up to double A and putting up those kind of numbers, striking out hitters that are, you know, five, six years older than you and way stronger. He's still developing physically, not even mentally, not Mm -hmm. even his mechanics. Like he is still getting bigger, stronger. Like that is huge, dude. Like his velocity is going to increase from whatever it's up. His break, his spin, everything is going to improve because he's just going to put on more weight more muscle, get stronger, get more built. Dude, no matter what happens this year, I just want to make us, I just want to say this right now is that just don't kill this kid. <laughs> if they, like, just like let him ferment a bit, develop because what a wonderful prospect. First of all, we're so fortunate to have a pitcher in our organization like Ricky Tiedemann. And after we, you know, after we got rid of uh, uh, Hogler or uh, whoever Hogland, we, yeah. Hogland, yeah, yeah. It's just like we 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 crave this stuff, man. You know, we haven't had a pitcher like this in our organization since the Great Lake uh uh Doc Halliday, man. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had great, you know, 
um, own, our own depth chart. And, you know, Ricky Tiedemann could be one of those guys, man. And I fully expect that. I would hate to see him come in a long relief role and give up something stupid, like three earned runs over an inning and two thirds. Yeah. I mean, I still don't think it's going to happen, but we run the chance. If he's still in double A, he's still pitching lights out. Like he could. There's a non-zero chance he does get called up. And if he doesn't, He's going to be the talk of the offseason and the talk of spring training next year, Ricky Tiedemann. We're going to be oh. ha- at this desk hammering that Ricky Tiedemann be in the opening day rotation. So I guess we have that to look forward to. Riley, the Jays are moving on from Minnesota. We're going to Baltimore. I think it's our first time we've gone to Camden Yards this season. Um, we got to get through this really quick, but you say Kikuchi is going to start. Alec Manoa has got game two. Jose Barrios has game three. The Orioles are red hot lately. They've, um, they're have they losing today, but they had won five in a row before that. I think they're 21-7 and seven since the start of July. Something ridiculous for Baltimore. So, uh yeah, any quick thoughts and takeaways before the series, before we get out of here? We're taking two out of three. First, all and foremost, I'm sorry to say, Jesse, I think that Kikuchi's going to get hit around a little bit. Mm, like I that. mean, if, Barrio, if Barrios got hit around, I feel like Kikuchi's almost doing it. And I, and I damn hate to say it. Uh, like, it just, it just sucks. It's just the way of our pitching. But, uh, but you watch Manoa go out there, man, and you watch Manoa pitch seven innings of three-hit ball, and, and no one bats an eye. But as soon as Kikuchi goes and, and, and craps the bed, but no one's talking about Alec Manoa being a potential Cy Young winner. It's like Kikuchi's the worst thing ever. But as soon as Alec Manoa go, goes out there, it's, it's, it's the best thing. And I bet you he's going to shut down the Orioles. And I don't, I don't hope that for Kikuchi. That's just my prediction, man. I, I still think we take two out of three. If we're going to win two out of three, one of Yusei Kikuchi or Jose Barrios is going to have to uh, put up a good performance or the Blue Jays offense is just going to have to get insanely hot. But I'm kind of with you. Two out of three, a team, I know Baltimore's played better, but we should still beat them. And I'd imagine that we will. Uh, That'll do it for episode here today. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on Spotify and other podcast streaming platforms. Give us a follow on our new Instagram page. We've been running out polls there every day to get some content and uh, tweeting out some video and stuff as well. And we're on Twitter as well, as always, at BudsJays. We'll be back to recap the series against the Orioles on Sunday. But Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here today? Yeah, uh, buy your Ricky Tiedemann jerseys now. We can. <laughs> yes, You're going to yes. need them for the 2025 season where he starts 33 games and, won- and wins 16 of them. Let's go, Blue Jays. For right now, for the future, let's go, Jays. But for right now, we're pushing for the playoffs. Let's go, Whit Merrifield. You're going to do just fine. Mitch White, you're going to come back and do just fine as well. And um, you know what? We're finishing this game against the Twins. We're going we're gonna to split the series. We're going to take two or three against the Orioles and we're going to cruise in from there, man. We're going to be the hottest wildcard team in all of baseball. That is guaranteed. Love it. Love it. Love it. A Buds and Blue Jays guarantee to end the show here. Uh, that'll do it for us, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again soon.